0: This podcast is proudly sponsored by Joro Protein, a Rhode Island plant-based protein supplement company designed for athletes and adventurers. They deliver 25 grams of protein, 5 grams of BCAAs, and 18 essential vitamins and minerals. It's non-GMO, it's gluten-free, it's allergen-free, no artificial flavors, no added sugar or stevia, and it has no additional gums, thickeners, or fillers. Right now, you can get 30% off on this podcast with the code Joro, Strength 2022 You can find them at JOROProtein.com. Hey, Andres, Hello. What's up? Thank What's you for on? having me, Matt. Of course, of course. Welcome. Oh, I'm, getting, I'm getting some weird glare. Let me uh, change the angle right here. Awesome. Yeah, dude. It's, it's, I'm, I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you reached out because I, I did a bunch of like uh you know background and and I researched before the podcast and you got a lot of really cool stuff going on. So I'm super excited to have you on. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate the the opportunity to share a little bit of my story on your platform. Totally. So um yeah, basically I have I have us slotted out for a full hour. Um, okay. If, that works with you i won't keep you any longer than that uh try to be respectful of your time but uh, i had, i have that outline um all all written out there and um sometimes i i use it but sometimes like if we start getting into other topics like that's totally fine we can kind of like just go wherever the conversation uh leads us it's perfect but, uh, yeah and then with with all these podcasts too like they're they're pretty easy to edit so if there is something you say and you're like oh, i can you, can you take that out or remove it i can go back in and uh and take something awesome. out. But, yeah so Thank you, man. Uh, you got it all right how are you do i sound okay you yeah
1: am i good am i yeah
0: you look okay. good yeah <laughs> perfect all right nice. so we'll get started. uh what's what's going on guys dr matt here host of the roadie strength podcast we got special guest on today andreas almond is it almond is it correct pronunciation last name yeah uh it's Aleman. Aleman, gotcha. Okay, perfect. Andreas Aleman. Uh so really excited to have him on. He's a USAW national level coach. Uh just moved from Miami to New Hampshire and is really big with Olympic lifting, especially with youth athletes and uh jujitsu. Uh, and uh so usually I like to start these off with uh, rapid fire questions, just to kind of get the conversation going and uh they're they're really interesting for me, so hopefully my <laughs> listeners get uh, get something out of them too. but for sure, let's do it. Let's do it. So first question I got for you is favorite coffee shop. So this could be, uh, this could be Miami, this could be New Hampshire, um, or really anywhere, any, anywhere that you like.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I have a, a, a lot of love for a coffee shop in Miami. It's called White Rose. White Rose is owned by uh, one of my best friends, Javi. And uh, the cool thing about this coffee shop, what makes it different, is that it's a coffee shop and a tattoo shop in the same spot. No so, way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a nice, nice little setup, and it's different than other spots.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. Hey, have you uh, gotten coffee and a uh, and tattoos from that same spot?
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he he he's also done majority of my work. He he's a uh, like the main tattoo artist there. That's really cool.
0: I've never heard of anything like that.
1: Yeah, it's if that's, you're ever down there, you should definitely check
0: that out. That's really special. That's unique <laughs> for sure. How do you take your coffee? Uh, I like uh, I like iced coffee. I usually get
1: like a latte with a hint of jasmine or a hint of of rose. Rose.
0: Nice. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little different.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Uh, All right, that, that that'll lead us right into our next rapid fire question. We got favorite go-to breakfast. And if you're not a break, you don't do breakfast, that's fine. We can skip and we'll go to the next one. But what, yeah, do, what I'm,
1: you I'm a classic uh, scrambled eggs at home with some orange juice and coffee. Nice. Okay.
0: Solid. That's that's a staple right there. That's yep. a staple. Yeah. Uh, next question we got favorite recent book. Um, and I also kind of link this into the next question, which is favorite recent podcast. Because if you're more a podcast guy, what's, what's maybe a recent podcast? I'm I like Audible, so I use I listen to a lot of books on tape. But uh, maybe a, a favorite recent book you like, or Audible, or a podcast?
1: Yeah. So as far as the book goes, the the last book that I'm don't uh, working on is is a book to help create habits for my newborn baby, so that it has proper sleep, and the parents, myself and my wife get yeah. the best sleep possible so it's a it's a book called the, S- the secrets to making bedtime a dream cool small book and i think it's got some good stuff i could see some some mistakes my parents made as a kid and yeah. those are the things i want to work on
0: any anything big or exciting that you that you learned from it so far
1: yeah the the aspect of keeping a routine and even if you go somewhere else and you're not at home having some things like uh Maybe like you stick uh, certain things on the wall before the kid goes to sleep. And that's something that they could see before they go to sleep instead of you standing next to the kid or always being there. And that's something that creates a habit and a routine of not having you there before sleeping and they could start
0: sleeping by themselves. That makes sense. Kind of get that like uh, familiarity with, with a certain thing that. uh
1: With an object, that will stay there instead of you having to stay there the entire time.
0: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, That's, yeah, for sure. I like that. Um, and then as far
1: as the podcast, uh I'm really big right now into a, a Miami podcast called Sports with Soso. It's okay. a it's yeah, it's a it's a friend of mine who does that podcast and all he really does he follows Florida sports and he'll talk about what's going on. So as you know, right now Florida's doing pretty good with <laughs> with their sports and uh it's something good for me to follow yeah
0: yeah I've been um I've been a big fan of basketball this year and uh I I have a soft spot for the Miami Heat I know we're in in New England obviously we're all we're all Celtics fans up here but uh I don't know they, the Miami Heat have been a really cool team to watch with, with uh with pro basketball
1: yeah I think uh I think they do a good job you know not uh... Being the eighth seed and being where they're at now and and everyone overlooking them. And I think uh, getting past the Celtics, especially me moving here (laughs) from Miami, has been a a great experience. I actually got to go with my father-in-law to one of the games. And that was epic, epic. He got to go. We went to, I think it was game two in Miami.
0: Did they win? The, the, yeah, the
1: and, the, and the Heat won. <laughs> cool, That's so awesome. it was nice. And he was rooting for the Celtics, so it was oh, it was man. a nice, <laughs> it was a nice, nice experience.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, I uh I really nerded out about this team this year. The whole like uh I think with the sports betting odds they were only given like a three percent chance or something. Three
1: percent, three percent. Yep. Yeah,
0: of even like advancing to the it was the Eastern Conference Finals or the yeah. final like that. Yeah. So it's really cool. It's it's a team that like they don't have a lot of like quote unquote stars, but they were able to kind of like everybody kind of chips in a piece together. But yeah. uh unfortunately it, it didn't turn out for them last night, but that's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I, I'm I'm happy
1: where where they got so far. I'm still proud of them and and I think uh the coach more than
0: anything has been able to like show them
1: oh, yeah. how how valuable a, a good coach can be for a team.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. Um uh it, I mean in, in New England we kind of look at like uh you know the Bill Belichicks and uh, like a, a coach like that who's been able to like um you know run a dynasty of like many many teams and and do really well. And uh Coach Spo at my name he is essentially doing the same thing. He's been there forever, which is unheard of in the in the NBA having a coach there that long and uh is seeming to take relatively low talent and just make a really good go, uh, cohesive like good chemistry and like you said that that really comes down to showing like how much a, of a, a coach can be an impact which i think yeah. that'll like segue us to later in the podcast but uh for, yeah, sure, for point. sure um so but best of luck to the miami heat <laughs> for the next <laughs> game i think it's tomorrow or, or something like that yeah
1: i think it is tomorrow <laughs>
0: uh so next question we got for you is a uh, favorite instagram accounts and the way i describe this is it could be something that you just, uh, and if you don't do Instagram, that's or no, I, I saw your Instagram, uh, but yeah, yeah, I uh, do
1: for sure. Uh, I I have a few. Uh, obviously, yeah. one of my favorites. It's ran by my 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 friends down in Miami is the Team Soul, which is the team I come from. Cool. Uh, they always have great content, whether it be some educational stuff or some funny stuff. It's a good follow. Uh, knees over toes. He's a classic follow for me. I I feel like I've a lot of inspiration from him and i I was able to reach out to him a few times and he's super friendly guy
0: that's and
1: uh as far as like the jiu-jitsu world uh craig jones he's a an athlete in the jujitsu world and he just puts up some funny stuff and he's a good follow
0: i think i let me see if it's oh yeah this guy he um is he sponsored by OnlyFans? I'm not sure i I don't, I don't think actually he might be getting paid by them to be <laughs> honest but. i know i know it was a i know it was a joke like he was wearing like the um, the rash guard rash guard yeah, yeah
1: the, a lot fight. of people were upset by that, but I think he's just a really? controversial dude he he's just yeah. um, you know tries to get attention, but he's just funny he doesn't take himself too serious, and I appreciate exactly. that for yeah. an athlete. I-
0: I follow, I gave him a follow too. I, th- I think he's, I mean, he's obviously a very, very good athlete, but I, I think talented. that, yeah, you're exactly right. He, he doesn't take himself too seriously. Like he, he likes to have fun. Yeah. So,
1: you know, he's the, he's not always in first place and, and I appreciate how he takes that, you know, it makes, you know, yeah, makes, you know, it, it's a regular experience. Not everyone is a champion and that's okay.
0: Definitely. Yeah. He's cool. But- that when you said that name like i think that's who you're talking about and i just looked him up like yeah same guy that's cool um and then next question is about travel so i know you just had a big travel from uh miami to uh new hampshire but we can talk about that but uh do you have any places that um you've gone recently as far as like uh know travel either for like work or um for weightlifting jiu-jitsu or vacation yeah for sure
1: uh the last place i traveled was to ecuador to visit family i'm originally from ecuador so whenever i get a chance to see my sisters and my father over there it's always a good always a good time you know if you've never been outside the country and you're trying to go to a place where you could do so many different things—from going hiking to going to the beach—to to, the diversity is is good in that country, and it's it's a good time seeing
0: family. That's awesome. Um, and then we got next question, shifting over to weightlifting, CrossFit, maybe even jujitsu. But we got favorite sneaker.
1: Favorite sneaker. So my favorite sneaker it's a particular one for Olympic weightlifting. It's the Romelio 2s, right? Nice. I think right now there's a Romelio 4, and I've tried all of them. I've tried the, the Chinese weightlifting shoes, mm-hmm. and for me, the go-to is the Romelio 2s.
0: I like that. That's a good answer. That That's an OG uh, shoe for yes. sure.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Do you... um? What do you think about the new uh the new tier shoes that that came out with the the wide toe box? The wide toe, I I haven't tried them so I I can't really give a, a big opinion on
1: that. I, cool. Aesthetically, they don't look very you know very competitive, but <laughs> yeah. um I, I guess I'll have to try them out at one point and see see really how they feel.
0: Yeah, I, I have a friend who just bought a pair and he really likes them, but um. I haven't tried them either. I was just curious to see if uh, if you had any thoughts on it. Yeah, because there's, there's a lot of companies that are making weightlifting shoes. Um, yeah. Now the, we got uh, Noble has a pair. Um. Well, Reebok came out with a pair a couple years ago, but that, but they're in the game now too. Um. But yeah, the big ones we hear back in the day is like obviously the Nikes, the um, the Adidas. Adidas. Yeah. Yep. What's the Chinese one called? It is it Anta. Antas. Antas. Yep. Yep. Yeah, those those are really popular too. Cool. I like that. That's a good answer. Uh how about favorite movement? So this could be this could be your traditional lifts with Olympic lifting, or it could be maybe like an accessory lift that you've really been liking or or maybe not loving, but liking the results from <laughs> recently. So my
1: favorite movement
0: is the split jerk. In oh. in Olympic weightlifting,
1: there's a saying that says split jerk or the jerk wins medals cuz mm-hmm. what you could tie on the snatch and by the time you get to the clean and jerk you could clean it but if you don't jerk it you're not going to get that medal you know right. and 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 that's really what it comes down to that's the the last effort that you give in the sport of olympic weightlifting the jerk and i i really love and and you know love having confidence in that movement you know and being able to really work on it so that when you hit that clean whether it feels like a house you take that breath and you know it's gonna get there that's awesome yeah i,
0: I think that's a good analogy the split jerk wins medals Yeah, Honestly. yeah yeah yeah. that's a lot as a movement a lot of people struggle with especially coming from uh from a crossfit background it's it's a move that sometimes is in programming but not a, a lot of people need work on it for sure, for sure,
1: for sure. I think it's a very complex movement. A lot of people see the snatch as a very complex movement, and I do. I I, I think it is. But the jerk, because of being in that split position, requires a lot of technique within the angles so that your hips are in the right place, and it's yeah. it's very particular.
0: And and also too, uh, I think with with a lot of people that come from CrossFit and, and get into weightlifting through a lot of CrossFit gyms, they kind of allow, uh, an option with, with a lot of lifts. They like, for example, like if the workouts, like, uh, like grace, like 20 clean jerks for time, um, you could potentially, you could do your split jerk or you could do uh like a push jerk. Like and maybe a lot of times, probably people are like, Oh, I'm going to do like the option I'm more used to, which is maybe might be the push jerk or the, um, you know, squat jerk versus like a split position. So that, that also could be why people, uh, People coming, especially from across the background, just aren't super. They don't practice it a lot.
1: Yeah, it just takes a lot of repetition. It's footwork. Uh, one uh, a coach Zigman at the OTC. I was able to do a camp there, and he. That's cool. He yeah, it was amazing actually. That was like one of the highlights of my weightlifting experience. He, when he went over the split jerk, literally made us do empty bar work and just footwork he called it a dance he said this is like a dance and he'll make a split and he'll be like one two go split one two and we were literally dancing and (laughs) we did it so much with an empty bar that the bottom of my foot was sore the next day from you know just (laughs) driving into the ground it was great it was one of the best experiences
0: that's really cool just greasing that groove just getting used to that that's groove. all it
1: was and that's <laughs> that's how i teach the kids you know we'll stay at a pvc for a whole class and we'll just do split work drills and so really they cool. get the hang of it because that's really what it comes down to
0: yeah um so that that pretty much wraps it up for the uh rapid fire so we're gonna get a, so next i want to get into your background, basically. How did you get into coaching Olympic lifting, jujitsu? and then we can kind of talk about your just general training philosophy, yeah. and then um and all this could be a little bit uh, intertwined, but and then kind of get into uh competition, talking about competition stuff. Sure. So, uh, I guess let's start with the your origin story. How did you get into um just coaching in general?
1: Uh,
0: well, for me, coaching
1: uh, or the passion for coaching grew very early on Uh, my wrestling coach made a huge impact on me through my high school career and even after high school and um, that's one when I knew that that's what I wanted to do I didn't know what sport I would pick I never actually knew which sport I was gonna you know when you're little and they ask you oh what do you want to be I was I was a kid that said I want to be a professional athlete I left it super broad early on because I didn't know which one I was going to put all my time into because I I feel early on that I knew that I loved basketball. I love soccer. I love wrestling. And that's how I've been. I've been able to like spend at least five or six years in certain sports and got to a point where I compete, compete at a high level, get to experience that. Sometimes I'll win. Sometimes I'll get third place. That's okay for me, but getting to a high level and being able to go through the process of learning and really applying that technique and then in every competition in different sports there's certain you know there's certain like mental gains that you have to surpass to be able to succeed in that sport you know the the mental resilience that you get from you know being right outside of a mma cage before it opens and then you go in that's that's something that many people can understand or mm-hmm. that mental resilience where you miss two snatches and you have one more. If you don't hit that, you're gonna bum out. It's it's something that you have to like surpass that, you know. It's yeah. very unique to the sport.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And uh, and I and I think I, I'm in a similar mindset of of you. Is that uh, I was kind of drawn to those uh, individual sports, and it might have just be been because like once you once you kind of pass like. Into like the 20s and 30s, like those things become just more available. Yeah, uh, yeah. So like
1: the 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 first sport I ever played coming out of Ecuador, right? So I moved here from Ecuador. I, I was here uh, when I moved. I was seven. First sport was soccer. Soccer was like the fundamental sport for me growing up in South America until I was seven. You know, uh, that's the first sport I started playing here. I got pretty competitive with it. And then when I got into middle school, I remember um, one of the wrestling coaches for the middle school, he reached out to me, he saw me in the cafeteria, I was probably weighing uh, like 85 pounds. (laughs) And he (laughs) came up to me and he's like, hey, have you ever wrestled before? And I was like, no, I've never done it before. I didn't even know that was a sport. He's like, hey, I want you to come to practice. I need a lightweight, we have a competition coming up. And I think you do good for, you know, for that weight class. And I was like, sure, I'll come, I'll try it. And I remember... I went to practice, and I had pinned the first day of practice the kid that was a weight class above me. And the coach was like, hey, you got to come to the match. You got to come to the match. Like, I need you to fill that spot. And I remember I was like, look, you got to talk to my mom. (laughs) If my mom approves, I'll be there. And I remember he had called her and he told her, hey, your son has a lot of potential in wrestling, whatever. I would love him to come to the match. And I went. So, like, a week into wrestling, I went to my first match. And I win. I win the first match uh, uh, just with one week of practice. And after that, I fell in love with wrestling. I wrestled all the way through uh, high school. Um, So then wrestling had been, you know, my passion all the way until I graduated high school. Um, But back in 2009, 2008, MMA was huge. The UFC was something that was pulling a lot of you know wrestlers attention uh that was back when you know Rashad Evans was there Tiago Silva was there and it was like a huge hype to to be an MMA fighter so um before I graduated high school I had already um joined a a local CrossFit gym that had a jiu-jitsu gym right next to it and that's how I got introduced to both CrossFit and jiu-jitsu he was a Brazilian he was a the box owner of box number 76. And we're over, like, I think over 6,000 boxes right now. Wow. So, yeah, very early on. This guy, I'm talking about, like, tire flips and mile runs. Wow. You know, back in the day. So, that's when I got introduced to the barbell. um, And I used that primarily to train to get in shape for wrestling because that was, like, everything I cared about back then. So, I spent a lot of time doing CrossFit. And um, obviously – uh ripped fitness center ripped. i think he calls himself crossfit miami now cool yeah um and then uh through that you know he had the jiu-jitsu gym there available and i got introduced to jujitsu. so the 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 amazing thing for me was that i was able to get introduced to jujitsu while i was in wrestling and it was it was kind of like an easier mental transition, you know, because wrestling you can never be on your back. And in jujitsu jitsu they're like, oh, you, you should stay on your back. And it was a <laughs> very conflicting thing. But I was able to, like, merge them pretty good early on. And I also fell in love with jiu-jitsu. I was like, damn, this sport is beautiful. Like, I, I like the idea of the gi, the technique, being able to, like, do certain things that you can't do without the gi. Because I, I wrestled since middle school, so I've been doing that for a while. So long story short, uh, by the time I graduated uh, high school, my wrestling coach was also training with me, like MMA. We uh, we had joined American Top Team, and and then the coaches were like, "Hey, you should try doing MMA." And I was like, "All right, sure." I think uh, that'll be like a pretty organic transition for me. I've already been training a little bit of stand up, and and I got into MMA. It was. An amazing experience being able to fight. Um, I did a couple like uh amateur fights in Florida, but in Florida back in the day, you had to wear shin guards and like a headgear and it was a little bit too much for me. I, I, I wanted like the real experience. So uh my wrestling coach at the time, he's from Michigan and he uh he got me into this uh fighting organization in Michigan and that was that was it. That was nice. It was the full experience, you know, no shin guards, everything goes, and I was able to do good. I, I fought, I think, uh, four fights for uh, the organization was called TWC, and um, it was uh, a very unique experience. I loved it, but I, it wasn't my passion. Early on, I realized I I could go without the striking, without the blows. I, I like more of the finesse of being able to either pin someone or submit someone, and and I knew that, you know, if you get stuck in MMA, it's a rabbit hole.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. You know,
1: and uh, I'm glad I got to get a little bit away from MMA and then realized that I had a lot of passion for training. So that's when I really got into CrossFit. I started competing in CrossFit. <laughs> uh, you see how it all kind of interwines? <laughs>
0: yep. yep. Uh, and then no, no, it shows you're passionate.
1: Yeah, yeah, I am for sure, and and it shows that I, you know, I'm also like I have a love for competing as well. So like I I, I like the the idea of getting good at something and being able to kind of you know put yourself out there and test yourself. Totally. Um. So then through that process of competing in CrossFit is when I met um a CrossFit coach. His name is Alfred. Uh, he works for a Team Soul back in the day. And that's how I got into team, so he, uh, one of the coaches was first coaching me, and he was the one that told me, "Hey, you should try out weightlifting." He's like, you're, you're, you know you're light, you're small, but you're lifting pretty good weight." And I was like, "Sure, l- l- let's do that. Let's give that a shot." And, and then I fell in love with that sport as well, you know? <laughs> I, I spent uh, probably like eight years after that just doing Olympic weightlifting, really taking it seriously. Uh, trying to get the best education i've done a few camps seminars with you know torokti and 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 just trying to get Sweet. as much and different uh looks as i could
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and uh and the sport of weightlifting is a, a good thing about that is that you can learn and you can learn through other people competing so I think one of the best things that I did early on in weightlifting i had volunteered for u s a w to be a loader at one of the world's competitions and literally what i did i took a note and every coach every cue he gave his athlete i was just writing them down wow Yeah, a student of the game yeah and a- and it's sport that you could do that and it, and it, and it translates pretty quick because you can you can understand and see why he did that and, and what the athlete really needed and hey it was the best volunteering sessions i've done in my life i got a lot of out of it and, I feel like more coaches should definitely do that.
0: That's really cool. I I've, I've never heard that advice before but it makes so much sense. To yeah. go volunteer for for a major because essentially if you think about it you're just getting immersed in the best athletes and the best coaches there are for sure for, for all for day. <laughs> yeah. All day. They
1: actually give you a meal and they'll give you like a place to stay.
0: That is really cool. That's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and then we're we're skipping ahead a little bit, but I saw that you're you're getting ready um, with your athletes. You're you're going to be going to a nationals meet coming yeah, up. Yeah,
1: call, right? for sure. So what USAW did, uh, I think the last two years they put all nationals together. So like all youth, juniors, seniors, they all go within like the same week. So it's like a nationals week, and and that's like the big deal. That's the biggest meet. Uh, you could do in the United States and um, yeah I got a team of six kids competing and I'm super stoked for that that's like the biggest team that I've been able to develop Uh, all those athletes have you know worked really hard to get there and I give them the credit you know they they're the ones that put in the work and, and trust the process and are able to like put set goals and get there and then for me that's that's huge you know being able to have kids under the age of 11 years old setting goals and working towards them and, you know, controlling how much they eat just because they need to make weight. And it's, it, it goes a long way and them just showing up and being there. That's it. That's, that's the experience that you could ask for.
0: Sick. Having a team of six kids can be a nationals. That's, that's a big team. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm really proud of it. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for that. Cause most coaches will have like, like one person.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that's a, that's a, that's a thing. I, uh, I give credit also to the, the gym I, I come from team. Soul was able to provide the best facility and, and the best coworkers. Uh, a lot of the people that I work with there are top of what they do. You know, the best gymnastics coach, the best powerlifting coaches, the best Olympic weightlifting coaches also in Florida and i think with their support and and all all of us working together we've been able to build this team
0: that's awesome yeah so so these um these kids that are coming in let's let's start to talk about i guess uh kind of your your coaching philosophy and um maybe even like how you got into how did you get into more like the youth weightlifting side of it versus adults yeah
1: yeah for sure um i I'm a person that realized that repetition and, and technique goes a long way because of everything I've done. And it's not the easiest thing to do in the sport of Olympic weightlifting with someone that's an adult. A lot of the ego is something that's hard to break. Uh, a lot of the, you know, them buying into what you're saying and, and being able to like go really light for a, a, a period of time to actually work and develop, you know, the the, the correct movement patterns sometimes it's it's just very difficult for 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 you to do that especially with someone that has already some sort of like competitive uh itch and and they feel like they're almost ready to compete Mm. it's hard you know and 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 sometimes they feel like it's not worth it sometimes they feel like they could get away with that and it's it's uh for me it's been a, a a great reward to be able to work from scratch with a kid that you know, wants to learn to move and and is okay working with a PVC for two months, and they understand that you know movement and and the quality of the movement is, when is what's going to keep them safe. And they're not really, you know, trying to go as heavy as they can every session. It's 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 nice, you know.
0: Totally. So obviously, the programming for for adults and kids are gonna be are gonna be pretty different like you said what you basically just like you really um structure like movement quality first and just for really sure these kids are moving well repetition but uh, what do you what do you what do you typically do as far as like um do you have like uh is is everybody different or do you kind of have like a set program of like okay this is where you're gonna start this is where we're gonna progress to with these kids
1: so with the kids and the way that we built that program i uh i i made a it was like a two times a week class where a lot of them, a lot of them were there. So like we had a class of 15 kids, not all 15 wanted to compete in Olympic weightlifting, but they're all practicing the sport of Olympic weightlifting. I, I believe that Olympic weightlifting could be one of like the best foundational sports that you could do for a kid, whether it's gymnastics or weightlifting. I think both are great. You know, I think they develop skills that could go, a long way and they could transfer into any other sport. You know, if they choose to play basketball, they're going to be physically capable of and I think they'll be able to perform at a better rate than someone that didn't do any of it, you know? So the 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 concept was we do like um, a little bit of injury prevention. We educate them through the sport of olympic weightlifting. We practice, practice technique. And then they'll finish with a little bit of functional fitness, and we'll be able to like translate not every session was uh, not every session had functional fitness. sometimes we would do a little bit of strength work, but there would always be technique work. There, we would always have majority of the period-to-work technique and to do a lot of reps. We rarely get to go really heavy because I don't want them to feel like that's something they need to do to accomplish their goals. We, we set goals, we have like a goal board and those are numbers that at the beginning of the season they would strive to get to and we would work there little by little progressively but the main, main idea for them has always been the technique. You know, I, the, the class is as big as 15 and every kid has different loads and being able to manage their loads accordingly something that not every coach can do but thankfully I've been able to have great assistant coaches and we've been all on the same page and slowly progressing the kids has been the biggest key you know making making them want to improve their technique before adding the weight has gone a long way you know for me the biggest accomplishment was when uh, when a kid would hit Let's say he hits uh the training bar with the yellows, the the one point fives. And then I'll be like, Okay, let's let's go up to the blues. I think you're you're ready to try. And he'll be like, you know what, I wanna stay light. Let me try that one more time so I can feel better. That was for me, you know, the best experience. You know, being able to have a kid kind of analyze how he felt and, and like understand the movement himself to be like, you know what, I wanna do one more here and and really feel confident with this one. And you know that's that's great for like a 7 year old that's that's yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that goes a long way in this sport for sure and and more than anything even when we compete we have that mentality i always strive for a 6 for 6 meet with them mm. um just because I, the, the repetition is key I, I i don't want them to feel like we're chasing a particular number i i rather them chase the, the, a proper movement and um that has gone a long way. I feel like that's helped them keep a gradual increase on in their numbers. And uh, now we have six kids going to nationals and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> <laughs> that is,
0: that is truly incredible. And uh, yeah, like you said, that's, that shows an incredible amount of maturity for a seven-year-old to say, no, I just want to like, I don't want to go up. I just want to make sure I feel good and, and get yeah. better. That's yeah. incredible.
1: That kid, yeah. his name is Mason. He, he's, he's uh He's gonna be a great athlete, no matter what sport he chooses.
0: That's cool. Yeah, that's that's, that's great. That's great IQ as as an athlete <laughs> from an early age. Very good. Yep. 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 Uh, yep. So you guys do twice a week, typically.
1: Twice a week, typically. Uh, those kids that want to actually compete in the sport of weightlifting, with them do some sessions on the side with me. I would yep. uh try to motivate the parents to do it at least three times a week. That would be like a minimum, so that they could get. as as much uh, exposure and repetition throughout the week. Uh, For a long time, since majority of them have been under the age of 10, we don't really do too much strength work. Uh, The the main concept is repetition, 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 and understanding that as they get taller and longer and bigger, we keep making adjustments and things are going to feel awkward for a while. But they're okay with it you know them being able to trust me and hey you're a little taller now let's go a little bit
0: wider on your grip yeah
1: they're okay with that and 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 that's what's going to make the difference
0: that's really cool and um that 15 kids that that's a huge group. i know a lot of crossfit gyms i would not even all of them a lot of crossfit gyms try to like roll out these kids programs and sometimes they like have people sometimes not but 15 kids that's about as big as i've ever heard for like a a kid's program. Yeah,
1: man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, that was, uh, those are for me, the, one of the biggest accomplishments to be honest, you know, I've competed in so many different things, but being able to develop a a big group of kids and, you know, I'm going to tell you another story that really like touched (laughs) me through this process. Um, right now we have six kids, right? It started with one kid going to nationals and it took about three years to build six kids. But through that process, the, the friendship and, and not only the friendship, but the, the, the sportsmanship amongst them, supporting each other and pushing each other like, hey, you're talking a little bit too much. We need you to hit that 10 kilos at that competition. You know, the accountability, bro, That, that that's something very unique to this sport that I've also fallen in love with because it's. It's a, it's a nice experience, you know, they're competing as an individual athlete, but the, the the team aspect behind the scenes has made a huge impact.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. I'm going back like uh, to what you were saying earlier about how like you fell in love with each of the sports like jujitsu, the CrossFit, the weightlifting. I, I've also dabbled in each one of those for, for a period of weeks and months. And I totally agree with you that each one of those sports, you can get really like sucked into it in a good way. And they each have the, their own kind of like style, and and when I I, I did a, a couple of training blocks with um uh, Olympic weightlifting, and uh, it does like the team, like the camar- camaraderie, it's very, it's awesome, and it's very different from like the jujitsu. It's very different, and not in a bad or good way. It's just different. It's cool. Yeah. Um. Like uh. So I totally get what you're saying with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: For sure. <laughs>
0: um. And, and uh that same group uh you'll probably meet the guy who's uh cuz there's a coach out here in Providence you might you might know him um they, it's a barbell club called Rhode Island Performance uh this guy uh Jared Coach Jared he's taking a lifter to um uh nationals in uh it's it's coming up in uh July is it yeah, yeah.
1: Is that- it's in Colorado yeah. Springs yeah
0: I'll, I'll have to connect you with him cuz you'll you'll definitely see yeah. him out there yeah for sure for sure <laughs> um so I guess, uh, actually, I'd have what, I had another question on that, uh, kind of like the philosophy piece. So you talked earlier about um, making weight with the kids. So how do you how do you help the kids with that as far as like from a nutrition standpoint and like maybe yeah. even like a supplement uh, standpoint too?
1: For sure, for sure. Um, obviously, I'm not a nutritionist, so I'm not going to specifically tell a kid what to eat and what not to eat. But... There's one um, tool that I use. It's an app. It's an app called the Yuka. Y-U-K-A. This app, uh, when you scan any um, item, would uh, give you red flags on a lot of additives that item has. And it rates from a zero to a hundred scale on how good the product is. And it makes it very simple. So good is green. So-so is yellow. And not good is red. So a lot of the things these kids will come in with into class, maybe holding like a primal uh, bottle. Not a big fan of those things. I would scan it and I'll be like, "Look, it's yellow." And then we would look at the hazardous additives and the effects that it would have. And then just making them kind of realize that a lot of things that they eat have a lot of hidden, hidden, um, and hazardous, um, objects and. I think that's like a, a simple tool that I could hand off to them. A lot of kids nowadays have phones and it's a good way to have them, hey, you want this? Okay, let's scan it and you could see what it has yourself. And it, it's a good way for them to to kind of realize that.
0: That's a really cool app because obviously with kids, you don't want to have them like tracking. You pro- I mean, I don't, You're I don't know. You're not going to have them. You don't yeah. have to track macros yeah. and stuff. Like yeah, that's yeah. easy Just You want to keep yeah. it like fun and easy.
1: Yeah, and keep it simple.
0: That's a really cool tool. It might even be good for adults. <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah, just- it is
1: for sure. I mean, I got it for myself. <laughs> honestly, when I go grocery shopping, you know, when you're in between two items and you scan both, it's a good way to kind of <laughs> break that tie. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's really cool. And um, and it, it like let's say like you have like a banana or something like that. The, will it scan that or is it? Just uh, like-
1: I think as long as it has a QR code, it'll probably scan. There's sure. been
0: very little items that it doesn't read. Right, right. And if you grab something like a banana, you probably like okay, this is a very natural. Yeah, for thing. sure.
1: That's that's an automatic green. But yeah,
0: it'll, any any like
1: processed item, it'll, it'll, yeah. it'll red flag the the hazardous and and more than anything, it'll, it'll it'll show you the the effects that it'll do on you and and the potentially
0: the harm. So it gives you a reason why you shouldn't yeah, have it. Yeah, correct. That, that's cool. Um, and cut, got slightly switching topic, but going along the same lines um one thing I've heard as far as like when it comes to working with especially young kids is that um some obviously you have to like the way you approach it has to be different than adult like like you were saying earlier but uh have you how do you find ways to like keep the kids really like engaged like interactive like keep keep it fun so they like they like they want to keep coming back session after session
1: for sure for sure um obviously the the goal would be to make attainable goals right so being able to set attainable goals will keep them you know seeing progress and through that progress they motivate themselves to keep you know going heavier and and striving for now you know for a long time a lot of the kids on that whiteboard said they wanted to clean the green plates you know for kids visuals like the color green was a thing and the green plates you know for a kid is a, a lot of weight you know we're talking about 10 kilos on each side with their training bar um and a lot of them started hitting the green plates and that was an amazing thing you know and being for them to be able to go to the board and like hey i crushed this green plate <laughs> it was it was a a good way to attain them and and there they'll motivate themselves to now okay next goal, i want to go to nationals <laughs> and, yeah. and that's how it starts you know um so attainable goals is a good way to keep them. Them and 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 for sure, a lot of the warm ups and a, a lot of the post workouts that I do is mainly fun. I try to keep them engaged. I try to make it a little competitive,
0: and um, and that's really, really what it comes down to, you know. Do you ever have someone? Um, well, I'm sure it happens. They write a goal and you're like, ah, that's let's let's take it down. <laughs> like someone's oh. like oh. I- I want to clean like the reds or something like that. you like, well, let's, for sure.
1: Let's... For, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I mean, what, a lot of them, when they set their goals, they kind of have already an, a little bit of experience. Uh, some of them would probably say, uh, I want to go to youth nationals. And if it's a beginner kid, you know, I, I definitely suggest, okay, let's just start with, you know, let's move on from the training bar to the 15 kilo bar and let's make that your first goal. And then that'll be somewhere that they could start. But, Thankfully, in the sport of Olympic weightlifting for for kids, it's really not that unattainable. I feel like if they train a good and consistent two years, any kid with good technique should be able to qualify.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Do you you feel like it's going to get more competitive over the next few years? For sure.
1: For sure. For sure. I see kids nowadays, you know, there's a small group in Canada that's a Canadian coach. She's Crushing it! She's doing an amazing job with kids, and I see girls lifting an insane amount of weight. And uh, for sure, the sport as it as it keeps growing, is gonna get more competitive. But I think it's getting a little more accepting now within the community for for kids to practice the sport, and I think it's uh, only a matter of time.
0: With that, that's a great segue to another question I wanted to ask you about um the common myths. So I'm sure you get questions all the time from the parents as a stunt growth you know as a bad yeah. injury for
1: sure for sure i think that that's all like a, a misconception you know the the idea that the kids lifting super heavy um that really comes down to obviously the coach cuz you know i'm not i'm not going to speak for every coach but i like keeping it light i like for them to be accountable of the amount of times that they miss so missing is not a, a common thing in training uh uh focusing on, on Purely technique. Even when we go to competition, putting numbers that they should be able to hit, and and if they don't hit, then it's just part of like that competitive experience that they need to go through. But it has nothing to do with not being able to do because they most likely have done that in practice. Um, and uh, yeah, I think the myth of of, of it being uh, dangerous and the myth of them getting their growth stunted is is a big one, and uh, I. I've been able to be around a lot of uh, physical therapists so athletics in Miami has been a great one and we've gone over the huge benefits that it, this sport could bring to 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 kids and, and that's the information that I translate to the parents showing them that it's improved uh, bone density for a lot of people and it's only going to help them you know develop and grow in, in a safer way and as long as they're practicing with technique you know it, it could be one of the most safe sports that you could do there's not many variables you're not running and hitting someone while you're running in this sport you know it's just you and the barbell and as long as your technique is proficient then you should be safe
0: yeah that i mean that's old myths obviously die hard so it was a myth just back in the day it's not it's not good for kids not good for kids but the more, more research that came out it's like not only is this good for kids but it's going to be safer for them to do some sort of physical activity under the guidance of a coach. Than for it sure. Is. And then, like you said earlier, like, it is – all the research shows Olympic weathering is one of the safest sports compared to basketball, compared to football, compared to soccer. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Like, it, there's not, very, very minimal injuries.
1: <laughs> not only that, but check this out. A, a lot of kids nowadays, because of the time that they spend with their screens – they have a, a lot of, um, they have a hard time with attention, right? And and being able to really slow things down. This sport is very unique that it forces you to do that. In order to be technical, you actually have to focus, put a lot of focus into, you know, a, a, a specific movement. And I think that's also a good way for them to, to change the pace and, and, and the way that they behave and, and the way that they act. Being able to like, slow down and hey you gotta really focus for this lift in order for it to work i think it goes a long way for them and i feel like it you know i haven't done the research but i feel like it for sure benefits them outside of the sport
0: yeah like like you said even from like that mental side point and uh to draw a parallel with uh with new crossfitters coming into weightlifting just because that's so common uh a lot of obviously weightlifting, you you do your reps, and then you sit back down, then you do your reps and you sit back down. And a lot of these CrossFitters, they have this mentality of just go, 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 go all yep. the time. And they sit down like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? And it's like, no, this is your time to relax, focus, get ready for your next set. And it takes time to adjust to that. But it's just, First it's turn. But after 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 a while goes, it just becomes second nature, and just like you, you can realize it, and it, and it feels good.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. You start using it, and then you realize the the benefits of it, and, and you could also apply it in other, you know, in, in other instances outside of the sport, and it goes a long way. I feel
0: patience, focus, so all that, yep. all good mental side effects. There, um, do you do you recommend any supplements with kids, or or no? No, no, I'm not a big fan of recommending
1: supplements as a, as a young athlete, I made the mistake that no one really helped me correct where back in the days you were buying the pre workouts and the BCAs and the aminos and I was stacked with all the supplements and I think it was more harmful than than beneficial, you know, and I don't think it's something that I would recommend. I think good foods and high quality ingredients will go a long way for kids
0: i like that that's really good yeah with supplements like sure they can be good but it, you're not going to fix a bad diet with a bunch of supplements you gotta nope. you gotta make sure your nutrition is good <laughs> yep um how about uh and the, I, i'm not sure how common any of this stuff is with kids, but um wanted to ask as far as recovery goes i know with adults it's, it's people are really dialed into like um uh, meditation, massage, PT, Cairo, cold, heat—all all that type of stuff is really popular right now, and and, and obviously helpful. But um, when it comes to kids, uh, as far as recovery goes, um, what what do you see? What what, what types of things do you recommend, or is there anything you? Um, would yeah, say about-
1: I think uh, I think for kids, uh, you know, that's. That's a tricky one, right? Because a kid sometimes has a hard time identifying soreness or, or fatigue. and They have a hard time identifying if they're actually injured or they're sore. And the most common thing would be, you know, they'll be a little bit sore and they'll feel like uh, they're not going to be able to go full potential in that training day. Uh, I think the most common thing would be to scale down their movement and and have them still move. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of constantly staying moving, and and just scaling down the the the, the load and and have them maybe just stay with a PVC and just practice certain technique. The good thing is that they don't need to ever go heavy, and and uh, also just identifying the the amount of stress that they've had in their daily routine. You know, kids sometimes will have like a free time day at school and they'll go crazy. You know, they end up exerting themselves. To max capacity, and they don't understand how that is actually going to affect their training. You know, they'll come to training and be like, Oh, I'm super tired. And it's like, Okay, how was your day? What would you do at school? And they'll be like, Oh, I played soccer for two hours. All right, <laughs> that kind of makes sense. So now we know, and we'll just stay super light. And being well, able to work with kids
0: that way also goes a long way, you know? So mostly just volume management, making sure they're taking enough rest days, making sure they're. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not
1: like they're crushing, you know, like, heavy squats and heavy pulls. And I know that they're not really overloaded because of the weight, but they'll probably have like a a, a rigorous day at school or something that they did on the weekend. And you just be, have to be able to, like, manage that as well. The same way you would with, a, you know, with an athlete that's uh, older.
0: That's really cool. Um. So, we're getting towards the end here, so I want to ask you a couple more questions about kind of some of the stuff you're doing right now. Um, yeah, for sure. Add, add a question just based on your Instagram, but uh, and then also just kind of wrapping up with um, what's in store for the future? Anything else you want to plug? Uh, yeah. I have a last question about a favorite quote. So keep in the back of your mind a favorite quote you might have.
1: Yeah, but, for sure.
0: So to start, um, I saw that you just got your brown belt. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I think uh, it probably took a long time because I took a long break from when I got my purple belt to when I got back on the map. But yeah, I think that's uh, for me, you know, a stepping stone. I'm really striving to get that black belt and and continue learning.
0: That's cool. So um, is that something as far as like your own personal fitness and competition? Are you uh, are you still kind of dabbling between a few things or are you doing mostly of Jiu-Jitsu or Olympic lifting? Or <laughs> Yeah,
1: I think uh, for the last five years, it's always been something where I, I want to be still on the mat and be able to still be, uh, compete in Olympic weightlifting. I'm dabbling between both of those sports. I, I love practicing both of them. So I want to still be able to compete at some point at, uh, for both. Right now I have um a newborn, she's eight weeks and you know training has you know dialed down a little bit, but my goals are still there. So everything I do is kind of intentionally for that. And uh yeah, I think uh jujitsu for me is not only a sport, it's a it's a good way to you know practice, you know, uh uh teaching as well, teaching in a different modality. Um and then eventually down the line, I, I I strive to teach my daughter, and hopefully she loves to compete jujitsu and weightlifting. I'll give her options, and she could choose.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. Uh, and I saw uh, along the same line the two pictures you post on the podium, but at yeah. your comp- that yeah, you yeah. brought your daughter with
1: you. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's <laughs> a huge thing for me. You know, I I I, I know she's going to be. Uh, immersed in a a lot of those communities and uh like i said i hope she
0: she falls in love with one of those (laughs) (laughs) uh any comps coming up i know you said nationals but uh, anything you coming up to or or any other comps Uh, for for
1: me i uh so i just competed at the miami open as a purple belt and i had one that um now i I'm going to start looking for a competition to do in Boston. Mm -hmm. Uh, it will probably be towards the end of the year. And, uh, and yeah, I'm just trying to, trying to get acquainted with the new location. Uh, Like you said, I moved from Miami to New Hampshire and things are a bit different here, you know, (laughs) but it's been, it's been amazing. I think the people have uh, welcomed me in, in all the gyms that I've dropped into so far and now it's just a matter of, you know, trying to identify what fits best and being able to use those places to, to keep growing.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. So you dropped into, um, Amskaya, across the Amskaya recently. Yeah. They're, they're a cool gym. They, they run a really good competition. Um, yeah.
1: Competition. Yeah. It's a great community so far. They've been very welcoming and, uh, I hope I could, I could be there for a
0: while. That's cool. Um, so, and then for your athletes, you have, um, nationals coming up. Um, anything after that or would that be kind of just like working towards like the next phase for the year after
1: yeah um after that it's like you said working into the next phase uh florida thankfully has a lot of uh local meets and the the gym that i come from they actually host you know the mia classic and they they uh they host the iron games and uh using those two meets to kind of give them more practice and more reps in a competition setting is ideal for their season. Um, almost likely fly back for a couple of those meets to be there for them in person. Right now, since I left Miami, they're under the hands of the team and the team is someone, you know, it's a team of people that I trust and, and it's a team of people that we we all believe in the same things and we all actually give practically the same cues. We all are all pretty dialed in. So it's a good way to, to keep them going and motivated and uh, a few of the kids also do some zoom sessions with me to work on specific techniques and details that's also a good thing about weightlifting you know olympic weightlifting if you have a good camera a good angle you could still get work you know a coach after a while doesn't need to give tactile cues you know with certain verbal cues we could get the work done and you know i think it's a sport that also needs to tap into that you know i don't feel like there's enough remote coaches out there and that's something that actually works
0: yeah no totally that's um there's a there's a couple athletes i work with right now and especially the big name coaches like you'll have people on zoom meetings like from california like is it all all over the all over the country so no that's cool Yeah. yeah 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 um all right so let's uh We'll start to wrap up here. So I guess anything that you want to plug I want people to know about, I guess, follow you on Instagram.
1: Yeah, for sure. Follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is a Aleman 305. Um, I'm keeping that 305 because I love Miami and Miami's, you know, going to be home for a long time for me. But um, yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to make things happen in the North. You know, I, I feel like there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of, youth programs that could be developed here and uh i'm excited to see what happens for sure that's
0: cool and then i got the the quote question for you so the way i describe this is uh so you're driving down we'll use 95 because highway 95 goes all the way from maine to uh okay Florida. yeah yeah go through miami yeah yeah, yeah it does it yeah, does. Does, okay so um typically 95 has a lot of billboards on it so and in, in rhode where i'm i'm in rhode island so in Rhode Island, we have a, a bunch of lawyers and attorneys on the billboards. So you get one of those billboards for the day and you can put whatever you want on it. Usually like it's like, a favorite quote or favorite mantra, favorite saying. Something that you want to tell the people kind of like in your local community.
1: Yeah, uh, something that I tell a lot of the kids when they're not feeling their best or when they need to feel not motivated. I uh, I tell them effort and attitude. That's mm-hmm. it very simple effort and attitude that's all i i look for and you know if you give your best effort and you have the best attitude you're gonna get a lot of what you do
0: that's cool that's awesome yeah thank you (laughs) (laughs) well cool all right so we're gonna wrap up with that andre thank you man thank you it's been awesome and uh yeah I'll, i'll uh i'll try to make some connections with you
1: yeah, thank you. I, I, I would love that for sure. And if you know of anything you think I should go check out anywhere in particular, send it my I, way. I
0: will. Definitely will. If you know
1: any any PTs around the area, I would love recommendations as well. I'm looking for, for a massage therapist, for a physical therapist, people that could take care of me up
0: here. Totally. Yeah, I'll send you some information over. Thank you, bro. All right, Roadie Strength signing off.